Technology Explained. Welcome to the Dell Technologies Converged and Hyperconverged Solutions Podcast. Hello, VxRail community. My name is Mike Panasiu, technical marketer for VxRail at Dell Technologies. And uh, today I'm joined by my colleagues, Jason Marks and Daniel Chu, as we discuss some of the newest features now available in VxRail. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Hey, not too much, guys. Thanks for joining me today. Um, Daniel, VxRail uh, 7.0.010 just dropped recently. And in reading uh, your recent blog posts uh, discussing some of the newest features, what jumped out to me was how our engineering teams uh, seem to have really extended VxRail's uh, networking and LCM capabilities in this release. Yeah, they did um, definitely a lot in those capabilities in this release. Uh, so I can give you a, a quick rundown on those highlights. Um, let's uh, start off with a uh, network redundancy. So there are some things that our VxRail customers has been asking for for some time now. And that is one of it, which is NIC level redundancy. So that's just really more of being able to make sure that your network audit card is not the single point of failure for uh, anything that has to do with networking. So you're able to really, for your VxRail system traffic, you're able to use one port on the uh, network audit card, the NDC, and also one port from the PCIe NIC uh, to really provide that type of um, uh, uh, redundancy so that if one of the car goes down, the traffic can still continue to flow for your system traffic. So that's, uh, that's one of the big things that's going around for network redundancy. The other big thing which customers are going to be very thrilled with is uh, active active uh, network connection. They've been looking for that for some time now. Uh, they have it in other VCN options. And now we have it with VxRail uh, with this particular release. and with active-active uh, network connection, it is building on um, redundancy, but at the same time, you're also really increasing the the, band, the uh, bandwidth power of having both, having both the connect, network connections from the ports be able to be active-active. When you're uh, when you're bu building that uh, NIC teaming policy, you just go select what is the load balancing option that you want to have for this active-active connection. And this is going to be done uh, when you're setting it up from uh, vCenter and you're setting up your, your VDS. That said, both of these uh, networking redundancy features are supported with customer supply virtual distributed switch, the VDS. And that's going to be the next feature I want to talk about, which is that we're supporting customer supplied VDS at our day one bring up. This is something that we have supported through like RPQs and things of that nature. Uh, on VxRail, but now we're making this really more widely accessible. Yeah, customers are able to build out that VDS um, uh, VDS ahead of time, and they're able. Uh, and with that, they will just create the different port groups that you would need from the VxRail system traffic. Uh, that would be things like the VxRail management, the public and private, for uh, discovery of nodes, vCN, vMotion, and also vCenter. So. Customers are able to build this out in the beginning, before they uh, before they actually uh, before the, the VxRail cluster gets deployed, and the benefit of this is really more for uh, definitely for larger customers that have a lot of VxRail clusters they want to deploy, and they just want to standardize on a common VDS, and this really helps them immensely in the sense that you know, for the number of VxRail clusters that they have, they have a lot less uh, uh, VDSs that they have to manage. So this will help out in terms of standardization. It will help out in terms of speeding up the de uh, deployment process. 
and really, you know, it, it really streamlines a lot of the uh, management process around like VDSs for VxRub clusters. So that is going to be uh, definitely beneficial for them uh, in the long run. Um, the next. I would say the, uh, the, the last one I want to cover uh, here is LCM improvements. Uh, so we've, we, VxL clusters, they, we have a very strong LCM uh, uh, story around end-to-end -end, uh, LCM uh, lifecycle management for hardware and software. So we're now also extending that to also our, some of our ecosystem elements and things like um, uh, external vCenter, the witness host, uh, recover point for VMs and uh, secure remote uh, uh, services. So those are things that we, uh, the VxL clusters, they normally it's going to be, uh, normally would be need uh, need these. Some maybe some maybe all of them. And when we do our now that so when we do our LCM cluster update, what happens is that the pre-check will make sure that these uh, the ver uh, the the versions of these elements are compatible with what you're upgrading to. So that will really help out in terms of making sure that not only is your VX, the VxRub system is ready for the update, but also the, some of the ecosystem elements that is that supports your uh, VxRub cluster is ready as well. So definitely going to help out in terms of kind of like really reducing the amount of work that an administrator needs to do to prepare for an uh, LCM update of the VxRub cluster. So uh, some. Also, some added benefits for day two operations for administrators. I mean, that that sounds pretty impressive. It seems, seems to really give our customers just generally a lot more flexibility with how they're going to be able to manage network deployments and, and process continuous updates to, to the overall ecosystem of what they're managing. Yeah, right. That, that's uh, definitely so. Uh, w one more thing I forgot was that, uh, which is going to help out for our federal sector, is that we do now have uh, FIPS 142 level one validated cryptography on our VxRub Manager VM. So that means that uh, along with uh, the existing vSAN encryption, which is encryption for data at rest, now your, your VxRub, now your VxRub cluster is really kind of, uh, can be, uh, uh, can have a selling motion into more and more workloads in the federal sector. So what is uh, being introduced in, um, in this release is um, encryption on the VxRub Manager data in transit, also the, the, uh, the, uh, also the operating system underneath and the VxRub manager, um, encrypted storage uh, of keys and credentials, and also the interface with a PT agent for the PowerEdge uh, server. So what this all means is that we now can uh, sell into more use cases in the federal sector. Um, for example, the Department of Defense requires this level of validation because they have a, well, obviously a lot of sensitive data, sensitive data in their information network. And they need this level of validation in order for, uh, for them to even purchase or deploy in it, purchase any VxL clusters. So our federal sales team is going to be very happy because now they can sell it to those different type of use cases. There's also going to be other areas in the federal sector that's also going to benefit from, from that too, because there are certain applications that do need to access that information network in the Department of Defense, and they obviously then would need to have this level of validation. So with those uh, areas in the federal sector, um, now we can sell into uh, uh, those areas that are running applications that really need to access that information network. So uh, just more added, just more added use cases that VxRoyal clusters can be sold into now. 
No, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. You know, it's what, what good is having, you know, state of the art technology if you can't, you know, protect or secure any of the data that, that yeah. you're managing. Right. So um, now, now, Jason, the, the, the latest VMware Cloud Foundation on VxRay release is, is also going to benefit from from some of these same features, correct? Yeah, so the uh, the Cloud Foundation 4.0.1.1 release on the VxRail 7.0.010 uh, can certainly benefit from a lot of these uh, VxRail enhancements uh, that Daniel's been talking about. Now, you know, with anything kind of Cloud Foundation use case related, uh, we need to make sure that any of the infrastructure that is being used uh, within those Cloud Foundation use cases abide by certain cloud foundation architecture uh, and configuration requirements. So uh, when I say that some of the, the features that, that Daniel is highlighting can be used, uh, it's primarily due to the fact that, you know, these are the features that, that I'll kind of discuss with you um, that have been qualified and approved for being able to be leveraged in a cloud foundation deployment. Um, so things like, for example, uh, the FIPS, uh, security capabilities, certainly a feature that any customer who's deploying the latest version of Cloud Foundation on VxRail would be able to uh, take advantage of. Um, other types of capabilities that Daniel didn't touch on in his explanation, but become really important, I think, for customers who are looking to deploy this kind of full-blown SDDC environment and, and build their kind of hybrid cloud, is in being able to kind of map this kind of uh, physical location of, of where their HCI infrastructure physically lives uh, within a rack, let's say, and being able to kind of help map where that, um, you know, would map to as far as the, the virtual infrastructure that's running on top. And one of the cool things that, that was introduced in this latest VxRail release is something called host geolocation tagging. So it's essentially this ability when you deploy a VxRail cluster to add an additional component of metadata um, as a host setting that determines um, a, you know, a label for uh, a rack name and rack location for uh, a particular node. And what's great about this is that we can then leverage this additional metadata within the VxRail uh, Manager vCenter plugin, uh, specifically within the hardware views to show uh, and, and order uh, physical VxRail graphical visualization based on the uh, geolocation metadata itself. So now I can show only the physical nodes uh, and the information about those VxRail nodes that might be located in rack one uh, versus what might be located in rack two and, and specifically where within that rack uh, I designate as an administrator, um, you know, that metadata tag to be. So this becomes something pretty unique uh, for running Cloud Foundation on VxRail infrastructure is you end up gaining and inheriting some of those cool native VxRail platform features like this geotagging, like the physical graphical uh, detailed uh, views within vCenter uh, natively within that kind of VCF uh, management experience. So we, we kind of take that Cloud Foundation management and extend it uh, even further with some of these enhanced VxRail capabilities. Um, so the other key aspect to, to kind of extend uh, in this particular release to Daniel's security story is that we also try to ensure that, you know, for VxRail, you can 
you can leverage VxRail in a lot of different use cases. Uh, Daniel calls out uh, a lot of great points with using it for kind of standard vSphere cluster kind of deployments. Um, we have Cloud Foundation for using VxRail in cloud deployments. And a lot of the management that you have available within VxRail, specifically within the vCenter uh, management plugin interface, um, you know, you want to be able to do all types of VxRail management from there. Things like being able to lifecycle manage your VxRail cluster from within vCenter or being able to modify host settings uh, within vCenter. However, uh, in Cloud Foundation use cases, again, going back to my point before, we need to ensure that the infrastructure abides by certain kind of management and configuration architecture rules that Cloud Foundation kind of dictates. Um, and one of them as it relates to lifecycle management is we wanna make sure that the entire stack of Cloud Foundation software, VxRail software, and even VxRail hardware firmware are all updated using the Cloud Foundation SDDC manager, uh, which ultimately dictates and qualifies all of the full stack components to make sure that they're all uh, interoperable. And so customers have that kind of guarantee that the versions that they're seeing of the VxRail updates, of the Cloud Foundation software updates within that cloud management interface of SDDC Manager are all validated versions that have been tested and qualified for them. So, so they will work when they go out and install them. And the LCM experience is driven through that SDDC Manager automation. And that's part of the, the cool co-engineering work that we've done along with VMware uh, explicitly for Cloud Foundation on VxRail is that full stack uh, LCM. And so when I kind of look at the vCenter management, we wanna make sure that we're not uh, allowing customers to kind of get themselves in trouble by going to what would be a, a native VxRail LCM uh, management experience within vCenter. Meaning, hey, if I'm using this VxRail cluster in a Cloud Foundation use case, I don't want our customers to get in trouble and maybe update those VxRail clusters using kind of the vCenter plugin capability like you would if you were kind of deploying it as a standalone. So what we've done from a security point of view is kind of lock down these areas of the vCenter plugin up front and notify customers, hey, this VxRail cluster is actually being managed by a Cloud Foundation deployment. Go to the SDDC manager. Uh, to, to perform these lifecycle management updates. So it's really, again, trying to help customers avoid misconfiguration mishaps, which, you know, come to find out is one of the leading causes of downtime. So it's, it's kind of this indirect kind of uh, security approach uh, to having all of these kind of um, uh, guardrails in place out of the box so customers don't, uh, don't have to worry about it. Uh, I was just thinking guard, yeah. guardrails in the back of my head, like trying to wrap, trying to wrap guardrails around VxRail, you know, try to protect people from themselves. <laughs> and, and that's exactly right. Yep. And so we've done the same thing with other areas of VxRail functionality that, you know, Cloud Foundation uh, as of right now doesn't kind of support based on its architecture. So being able to edit, you know, physical host settings uh, within the vCenter uh, plugin interface was also another area that we've, uh, tried to lock down uh, so that customers aren't changing things that aren't supported by Cloud Foundation uh, in general. So a lot of enhancements on the security front in this latest release, uh, great um, enhancements on some of the um, 
the, uh, the deployment with the tagging. And really the, the other major piece that we're able to inherit from this latest platform in the Cloud Foundation use case is uh, new support for additional hardware. So with this latest VxRail uh, software release, uh, we can now have full support for the D-series ruggedized uh, VxRail platforms, which are great for deploying in these kind of environmentally constrained uh, type of deployment scenarios or edge type of deployment scenarios. So now we can inherit those types of hardware choices in Cloud Foundation on VxRail use cases. And then finally, the other is kind of bringing back the support for uh, NVIDIA GPUs. Um, one of the challenges we had in the first phase of uh, this you know, new generation of Cloud Foundation on Rail um, was, was the, um, the lack of GPU support in the initial VCF 4.0 on VxRail 7.0 release. Uh, unfortunately, the, the NVIDIA drivers uh, didn't quite make the packaging in vSphere 7 uh, when we had to release VxRail. Um, and so those drivers weren't built into that VxRail 7.0 uh, version. Uh, with this latest VxRail, it is now included out of the box. So, you know, we, we kind of have that GPU support back. So all of those kind of uh, GPU use cases fully, fully supported as a part of that release as well. Well, you touched on this. You mentioned the word the word phased. Um, you know, and this phase of releases, it you know, it's always a trade off, right? Trying to determine you know what features we're going to jam pack and in, in which release. And it, it sounds more likely we've taken a this type of sort of phased approach with this, um, really trying to focus earlier on on driving home this concept of of bringing the cloud to the masses with support for vSphere, with Kubernetes, uh, for four node deployments, right? Yeah, so, so you hit a great point, Mike. So that, that was kind of the first phase of this uh, latest kind of set of releases is really enhancing the Cloud Foundation software to version 4.0.1. Uh, and in that release, uh, VMware had introduced support, finally, um, which, you know, to a lot of fanfare, uh, the support for vSphere with Kubernetes in a what we call a consolidated architecture deployment. So we've been kind of terming this on, on our side or with, within the Dell Technologies Cloud Platform as kind of entry cloud. So the ability for customers to start with just a four node management cluster and uh, support running their kind of um, application workloads on top of that management cluster uh, in a kind of multi-purpose uh, four node deployment. Uh, initially when uh, the Cloud Foundation 4.0 was released the vSphere with Kubernetes support was only available for customers who are deploying kind of the standard architecture, which you know requires a dedicated management cluster and then your workloads would run on separate physical uh, clusters or workload domains uh, that get provisioned. Now in this release, we can support that vSphere with Kubernetes functionality on that management domain cluster, uh, along with other types of uh, traditional VM based applications uh, that have been supported from the beginning. So like you said, this kind of brings that cloud native capability and general purpose cloud platform functionality for both traditional and cloud native applications, quote unquote, to the masses with just a four node starting point. So definitely making it more accessible to uh, a greater degree of, of our customer base. Uh, accessible and, and therefore more affordable. Exactly. Like anything else, smaller footprint comes with a smaller cost. <laughs> well, that's what that's really that's really the takeaway that I seem to get here is just so much consideration and emphasis placed on making uh, just the administrator's life just, just just that much easier. Absolutely, that's that's the goal. 
Well, um, our listeners at home, I think, can read up on on the full release details um, if they're interested over at uh, infohub.delltechnologies.com. Jason, Daniel, thanks so much for joining me today and and, and giving me your thoughts. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the opportunity.